0: Hey, folks. It's Rick. I'm sorry I can't be with you this week. Once in a while, you have to take a moment, take a deep breath, and take a little time off. I've had two vacations in the last seven years. I'm on my second right now. I'm in Florence, Italy, and I'll be back next week with an all-new show. For today, my good friend Maya May has agreed to guest host the show, and I know you're going to enjoy this episode. Look forward to seeing you again soon. Thanks.
1: There was also maintained what was called an enemy's list.
0: Democrats want Republicans dead. I could stand in the middle of Fifth
2: Avenue and shoot somebody.
0: The women with the least likelihood of getting pregnant are the ones most worried about having abortions.
2: On January 6th of 2021, you had tens of thousands of people peacefully protesting. You're the president of the United States. You can declassify just by saying um, it's declassified. It's not a right-wing conspiracy theory. It's not QAnon. It's real. (laughs)
0: I'm Rick Wilson, and this is The Enemies List.
1: Hello, everyone listening to The Enemies List. My name is Maya May. I'm the guest host. Rick Wilson has been sent overseas to do some research uh, because we probably have some enemies over there, too. I am here with none other than Wajahat Ali, who is an author, a commentator, A husky pants wearer, apparently. Um, Today we're going to be talking about, uh, oh, and the host of Democracy-ish, which democracy is high on everybody's mind right now. Anybody who's listening to this podcast knows that we are in a moment where uh, the enemies are many, um, but the people who are fighting are many as well. And Wajahad, you are one of them. So thank you for being here today.
2: Rick, all the wokeness made you into a black woman. What happened? What happened to you? <laughs>
1: that, that's exactly it was a DEI effort and they just decided to. Did you shop him at Target in the last week? Yes. <laughs> when back. you actually go through the cashier <laughs> section, they actually when they ring you out, they're like, and here will be the black person replacing you.
2: Yeah, that's the replacement theory. And they're like, oh, and then basically so Rick. So Rick is not overseas. He's stuck in a Target closet until the end of Pride.
1: Yes, that's where we're stuffing all the old white men are yes. into closets, ironically. <laughs> ironically,
2: dun, dun, dun. just a little bit of karma with some rainbow <laughs> sprinkles on it. No, thank you so much. Think- great to be here. Uh, uh, great to finally be talking to you.
1: Yeah, no, this is excellent. Um, so just before we came on, I was voraciously listening to your book. Uh, go back to where he came from. I have so many thoughts and so many <laughs> questions in particular right now, because we are living in a moment where and before we jump in, I'm just going to say I'm the parent of a trans child Mm-mm. and so we are living in a moment where people are uh, asking for people to not just go back to where they they came from, but we're living in a moment where people are being asked to disappear mm. And so I'm curious if any of what you're seeing in the last these anti-LGBTQ attacks, I'm curious if what you're seeing is familiar. Does it resonate? And if so, how?
2: It's a reboot. Uh, and the way I like to, to to frame it for the youths and the kids is I'm old enough to see the original Scream with Drew Barrymore. And now they had a reboot, I think Scream 6. It's the same story with just some different characters. And what's happening against the LGBTQ, especially transgender kids, is exactly what happened against Muslims in the 2010. uh, summer leading up to the midterm elections. Sharia is a threat to America. What Sharia? I have no idea, but it must be like eradicated. Can you define it? I cannot, but we have to go get those Muslims. Can you define CRT? I cannot, but I know they're going to make my son into a girl and they're going to make my daughter into a lesbian and then she's going to be on the pole and they're going to be snorting cocaine off their bellies. I'm like, you have a lot of graphic detail and information about this. What are you teaching your child? And, you know, I use some dark humor here, but I want people to know that that this is what happened against the Irish. The Irish were the undesirables folks in the 19th century. Benjamin Franklin hated the Germans. This country hated the Italians in the twenties, Eastern European Jews, Japanese Americans were interned. And it's a country that learns the hard way, right? And tag you're it. Now it's the transgender. And specifically it's a manufactured fear by the right wing. We have to name the players involved to cater to our worst fears and our worst demons to, Literally bully the most marginalized group. You know, Nikki Haley, and the timing of this is exquisite. Just yesterday as we're recording, Nikki Haley, kids, Desi kids don't let Desi kids grow up to be Nikki Haley. But I digress. (laughs) Nikki Haley on a (laughs) CNN town hall as Jake Tapper sat there and did not challenge her, said this, and I rarely swear, this dangerous bullshit that, and I want to hear from you because you're a mother of a trans kid, that I know straight kids and high school right now who are suicidal because of trans kids who have to compete in sports. And I'm sitting there thinking, Jake has to come in and and, and end this, has to push back. Nothing. The reality is, and this is the upside down of MAGA, and this is why you have to fight against fascism. It's the big lie. It's the bully literally putting their boot on the neck of the most marginalized. This is what happened to, you know, Germans did it to Jews. Italians did it to the dissenters. Like, literally, this is fascism. You are telling me. In the year 2023, that when trans kids have the highest rates of suicide and self-harm, that the existence of maybe one trans kid is somehow making people so uncomfortable that you're willing to bash them in order to win over votes and live in the upside down and promote the lie that straight kids are being threatened. What about the trans kid? What about the black kid who can't read about AP history in Florida? What about the gay kid You can't don't say gay? What about women who are losing their rights? If you are feeling so uncomfortable by reading books by Toni Morrison, what about the black and brown and gay kids? How do they feel when they're told by their teachers, your history doesn't matter? And that's the question I want to ask you, Maya, as a parent. How do you feel now that the right wing is saying that your kid's existence is so threatening that we have to literally eliminate his or her story?
1: Well... I'm glad you asked because trans kids represent the perfect scapegoat because there are so few of them, right? When they're looking for, when the right wing is looking for who to attack, they have to attack someone that maybe most people don't have actual lived experience with getting to know, with understanding their hopes, their fears, their dreams. That way it makes it incredibly easy to other them. Mm. So what enrages me though, when I see the groups like Moms for Liberty, when I see people like Nikki Haley who should understand understand what empathy is and understand what it is to be othered is they create all of these imaginary fears when trans kids right now have actual genuine fears, real fears. And so I'm like, oh, okay, so I'm supposed to uh, change our entire world around an imaginary fear because they they have this imaginary fear in my i mean i'm thinking about kids in florida right now who don't have access to gender affirming care care that's a real fair fear that's real as opposed to these imaginary kids in locker rooms who are uh, making uh, cisgender girls suicidal i mean when you think about the party the republicans they are supposed to be the party of accountability And yet it seems like it's the party of scapegoating, constantly looking to the other, to the other, and more and more so um, in recent years. And nobody's questioning that. Like there's zero critical analysis is going, wait a second, why are we constantly blaming others for what's happening within our own families? Why not take some time to uh, look at what's going on in your own family and, and analyze that as opposed to being in everybody else's business? And that's kind of my standpoint on it is it's like, okay, the party of freedom, it's mind your own business, like mind your business and let me mind my family's business.
2: It's not a party of freedom. Right. And and I I use the F word because the F word should be applied. It's a party of fascism. Increasingly, what we've witnessed in the past seven years is the the GOP is no longer the GOP of Rick Wilson or or, uh, Mitt Romney or John McCain. It's a radicalized and weaponized movement that wants power by any means necessary, that is terrified by progress and modernity and diversity and is willing to chokehold this country back to 1953 before Brown versus Board of Education. If you don't believe me, I give you the presidency of Donald Trump. I give you Ron DeSantis, who wants to be Trump, uh, but without Trump, right? He wants all the Trumpism, but he ha- he's a wet noodle. I've said it before, I'll say it again. And you're, I'll give you January 6th, violent insurrection. I give you the attacks against law enforcement, uh, LGBTQ, LGBTQ, uh, educators, doctors, every accusation is a confession. They accuse us of being pedophiles and groomers. And yet every week there's a bombshell about who's doing all this shady stuff, right? The real pedophiles and groomers and people who are closeted gays. Oh, oh, hmm. it seems to be the, the, the Republican Party that is attacking those very same LGBTQ people and accusing the rest of us for going against Trump for being quote unquote groomers. I'm old enough to remember, Maya, that if someone called you a pedophile, That used to be fighting words. And nowadays, because we both sides, everything and because the majority always has to bend the knee to this radicalized minority, right? That's what really bothers me. And the question I have to ask now is when will the majority say enough? Enough is enough. Why do we have to tolerate your economic anxiety? Why do we have to be violently chokeholded because you feel uncomfortable? Why do we have to be dragged back? And, you know, we sit there with Nikki Haley. Saying this. And and I know Rick's audience is it's a mixture of like, you know, rhinos, Republicans a name only, that's what they call, you know, MAGA calls the rest of you. I know it's some white folks who are Republican centrists. I know it's some folks who might not like the woke talk. This is for you. If they're willing to literally try to kill Mike Pence, the whitest, most Christian right-wing man on earth, who just announced his presidency to the mouse fart of a nation, right? Like, that. Like I think mouse farts get more attention, right? But the, like literally Mike Pence, they tried to kill him. Liz Cheney, who used to be the number three Republican, is no longer part of the party. If they're willing to do that to white Republicans who have given their life to the GOP, what do they think they're going to do to you? And I say this because, Maya, oftentimes... You and I, we've been through some things. When we start talking about people of color, you know, people roll their eyes and they say, oh, the wokeness, they'll hear the darkies, here they go again whining and complaining and here are the Muslims and here are the poor, and here are the gays. I want you just to pay attention, folks. They'll start with the gays and the undocumented, go to the Muslims and the blacks and they're gonna go after you and they already have, which is why I say again, is that don't fall for the rope dope The reason they're attacking the T's, the transgenders, is they're the most marginalized community. We don't know much about them. So they're like an easy boogeyman, terrifying. Oh my mm-hmm. God, a, a man who's gonna chop off his penis and become a, a woman, your son. It's gonna happen to your son, ah, right? Same thing as Sharia, the Italians, the Jews, the Japanese, same story, it's a reboot. But then they're gonna come after you and they already are. So what are you gonna do about it? That's my question.
1: And I think it's important to, and I'm glad that you noted the audience that uh, listens to the enemies list is typically, yes, a moderate Republican or rhino or former Republican. And yes, I am a African-American female, but I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago in what I like to say is not just a predominantly white area, but an aggressively white area. (laughs) So um, am I woke? Yeah, for sure. But am I also an expert in white people in their mid 40s? Also, yes, because that is my generation, too. And so uh, it's I went been- to an all boys
2: Jesuit Catholic high school in the Bay Area, and I am a practicing Muslim who comes from religious communities. And I, like you, have a a voluntary Ph.D. in, in observing whiteness and, and, and trying to be my authentic self uh, uh, and being oftentimes the darkest thing in the room. So so just to let the audience know.
1: Well, yeah, and I think it it resonated with me when you said uh, Desi Friends don't let Desi Friends grow up to be Nikki Haley because I feel the same way about a Candace Owens. And I think it's really important to note And when you say that they're going to come for these more moderate families as well. I think when you say that, a lot of people may back up and go, oh, wait, how? How are they going to come for me? But as we've already seen, it is happening right now. And I think it's really important to highlight how it's happening. And so when we're thinking about public education Mm. and public education that should be accessible to everyone and the curriculum should be designed by curriculum designers who are experts in what they are teaching as opposed to these activist parent groups who are coming in and trying to cherry pick what is being learned. And so suddenly a family who's moved to a good neighborhood, quote unquote, in the suburbs to make sure their children have access to uh, an excellent public education because, you know, they don't want to send their kids to private school. And all of a sudden now they have a tiny fraction of the right wing of the Republican Party that's now dictating mm-hmm. what their children can learn in school. And so that has actual real economic impact at some point, because then they have to decide, oh, well, do I want to keep my child in this public school where now they are going to be subject to uh, constant uh, issues with book bans and protests? and, and, and Or am I going to pull them out and invest money now in sending my child to private school?
2: Well, that's, I'm glad you mentioned that because this has been a effort since the 1950s to defund and destroy public schools that educate 90% of Americans. And the reason for that, and Betsy DeVos and the right wing have spent millions of dollars openly on this is because they realize that schools, specific with the desegregation, right, that is the the, the central front of the, the culture war. It wasn't Roe v. Wade. It was the desegregation of schools. And they realize schools is where my kid is exposed to these different stories and ideas. And I don't want that. And there's teachers and there's a teacher's union. And oh, guess what? We can privatize schools and we can make money as our kids become dumber. So that's what's happening right now. And I, and I gave a simplified cliff notes version, but I want people to see the big picture. But the well, what's going to happen is our kids are going to suffer in this globalized economy. They're going to become dumber and then they're going to come after your kids. Right. CRTs, you know, black folks, LGBTQ. What happens if you're a, a, a rhino, a Republican who says, no, no, no. Do you think they're going to say, oh, okay, sure. And this is what I want people to realize. If you're a student of history, and if you're just a student of the past seven years, uh, you don't fight fascism with a curtsy and a compliment, right? If, if you do a curtsy, you might as well hand over your neck. It ain't enough, right? Just to be nice to them. They want domination. If you don't believe me, look at the behavior and characteristics of Donald Trump. And then the wannabes like Ron DeSantis, power by any means necessary. And if you're a student of fascism, you realize, Fascists turn on other fascists real quick. It's so right now, Donald Trump just threw last week under the bus, Kylie McEnany, like threw her under the bus, folks. So what do you think is going to happen to you and your kids? Right. And so this is a situation where, you know, once they're going after our kids and books, the reason why they win, Maya, is it's a few parents, like you said, a few moms for liberty funded by right wing groups. But this is the power of terrorism. They threaten our teachers and educators with violence to the point where teachers have asked uh, uh, Garland, Merrick Garland, to please protect them. This is what's happening in America. Book bans happens in fascist countries, folks. Small thugs who are well-funded are threatening the majority. The majority then seeds the ground. Once they seed the ground, this is the plan. How do we know? Because Steve Bannon said it. We're going to go after school boards, city councils, hospital boards. The good positive spin here is in the past week, uh, there are more and more reports that even in red states, parents are saying enough is enough. You saw in Florida where teachers like, I don't want to make your kid gay. I just want to teach your kid math. Get off my back. So the teachers have lined up with the parents in these red places in Florida. And guess what happens when we build the majority, Maya? We win. In the red states, we're winning because people are saying enough of this nonsense. So The the way they win oftentimes is, and the last thing I'll say is I want to give a a term that's going to unfortunately become more mainstream leading up to the 2024 election. Stochastic terrorism. What is stochastic terrorism? The use and abuse of mass media to target certain individuals and groups that results Mm -hmm. in random but statistically probable acts of violence. And we're witnessing that against educators, hospitals, doctors poll workers, law enforcement, and elected officials. Spast, you know, these spastic acts of violence. And then I'll give you one example. When Donald Trump started attacking law enforcement after the raid on Mar-a-Lago, lo and behold, there was a spike in violence against law enforcement where a MAGA guy tried to attack an FBI headquarters and was shot and killed, wins the Darwin Awards. So I again say, how much will the majority tolerate, Maya? And if you're not, convinced now what more do you need to see that they're going to come after you
0: everybody's got a morning ritual Uh, i know i do and i want to feel like i'm getting my day going i want to feel like i'm moving and more than coffee sometimes it's making sure you're clean squared away put together you can get your day started by upping your shave game with harry's sleekest razor yet the craft handle i like to use it because i've got to shave this giant dome of mine every day i got to keep it shiny. I have a beard, but I keep my neck clean front and back. Do all the miscellaneous trimming. And the new craft handle, it actually is a lot more precision, at least that I found, with the new grip. I really like it a lot. You'll be getting quality shaving for a really amazing price. For now, they're offering the craft handle starter set for 10 bucks. It's a $17 value. So this is something you really should try. And if you don't like it, it's on them, guys. They stand behind the product. They guarantee it. How can you get a hold of the craft handle the latest greatest from Harry's? It's simple, get it delivered to your door for ten bucks at harry's dot com slash enemies list that's harry's dot com slash enemies list.
1: I often wonder if people are frozen in a state of disbelief, mm. so when you ask what will it take? when will people notice and start to push back? I think it is the shock of when it hits home when it comes to your school board meeting when it comes to your public library. I mean, I think there was a public library that was defunded over uh, over LGBTQ books, and it reminds me of back when they would just you know to cut off their nose to spite their face and shut down a swimming pool just to keep black people from swimming in that pool. Mm-hmm. And- so when will people start to push back when it affects their day to day lives? We're I mean we've been so consumed uh, with trying to get life started again post pandemic um, that I think a lot of people didn't have time to pay attention. But I think this is part of the reason why I'm grateful for uh, DeSantis coming out so fascist so fast, Mm. is that people are now paying attention and recognizing it is time to push back. And they're seeing, um, you know, like groups like Red Wine and Blue getting out there and making sure that suburban moms uh, who are mainstream moms are not being overshadowed and shouted down by these, you know, these smaller groups. And so I think people have to feel the pain before they act, and I think that's uh, that's what's happening right now. Is it's, it's pain, and it has to be the pain has to be bigger than the imaginary fear mm. that's being created by the right wing media by in these disinformation campaigns. But I think um, what's so important about these kind of conversations is asking ourselves. What kind of movement and organizations do we need to build and get behind so that we are as coordinated as, as in bringing people together as they are in tearing people apart? So how do we do that?
2: Yeah. So, you know, um, never under <laughs> common sense isn't common to most. You have to connect the dots. And I think people underestimate the fact that their voice is important and some simply speaking out or interjecting or connecting the dots is very important. Now, I come from religious communities. I come from suburban communities. I can tell you that they're terrified by the right-wing messaging. It works. It's sticking. They're going to make my kid gay. Oh, they're going to make my kid trans. These are educated like folks who voted for Biden who just might be tempted enough to vote Republican because this fear-mongering around CRT is that effective. However, once you interject, a parent interjects, and I do on these WhatsApp threads, I say, folks, look at the big picture. This is what they did against Muslims. No one's trying to turn your kid gay, right? Also, we live in a diverse country where there needs to be reciprocity. So if you want people to celebrate Eid, you have to allow pride. Tell your kids, hey, we have our religious values. Let people do what they want to do. But this is the same fear mongering that they did post-war 9-11. They're like, oh, yeah. And also, do we want our religion to be used as a hammer to like be cruel against folks? Like of course not. These are kids who are being like bullied, just like the the girl who wears the wears the hijab. Is that what you want to be responsible for? And then people say, okay, okay, you're right, you're right. But th- what happens, and what the Republicans are really good at is they're really good at tapping into our lizard reptilian brains, and like you know, like massaging our amygdala, and especially mm-hmm. when you say kids, 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 kids. They're coming after our kids. People's otherwise good angels gets hijacked even some people listening now i'm sure they're like it's too much now it's too much i see a gay on television it's too much listen you might not like it change the channel okay the only way to survive in america is to expand the tent it's the only way to make this multicultural society work you don't have to like it but they don't have to like you look people hate religion but you know what? We don't want them to like sit, go after our churches and our mosques, right? Or yank the cross off your neck. So you got to teach your kid. Listen, we have your your values. We have our values. But listen, this is a big tent. And you be you. Let them be them. Every kid and every family has a chance and should have a chance to live and breathe and live with security and freedom. Isn't that what you want? And do you want to be part of the rope dope They're using you. And that's what for those who are listening right now, religious communities and POC communities, because there's Latino Catholics. Black evangelicals, brown Muslims, Asian folks who are part of the church, they are using you. Once they get your vote, they're going to come after you. And if you don't believe me, remember what happened in, I don't know, 2016, 2020, 2000, 2010, and then they go, oh, yeah. So I want those people out there listening right now to connect the dots, right? Speak up in these WhatsApp groups and suburban communities, right? Become aware educate. And this is the final thing I want you to do. Do not underestimate the power of the local footprint. In your school board, in your city council, in your uh, uh, hospital boards, know this. In your community, folks, we have the numbers. However, a small, radicalized, zealous minority that is well-funded by the right wing will carve through us like butter if the majority remains flabby. Every single time that the majority has stood up at these local school boards, even in the most red-ass or red districts, we win. And leading up to 2024, if you want freedom, if you want religious freedom, if you want to read those books, if you want to have a diverse neighborhood, if you want to have kids who excel, you need to stand up and fight with some of those people that you might not align with. But you know what? You'll be like, I disagree with three things that you might do. But I agree with seven things, and you and I at least agree that we need a democracy. You have to link up arms with those folks and go against this radicalized majority, excuse me, this radicalized minority that will do January 6th again. Because for them, Maya, January 6th was just a dress rehearsal. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's going to get millions of views, this TED Talk, because everybody, is either, everybody has thoughts on what it means to be a part of a diverse, multiracial democracy. You've got the Democratic Party right now that understands and believes that that is the present and the future, and then you have a Republican Party that seems like it just wants to legislate it away, diversity itself.
2: That, like no, that's literally the guess- reality. You have you have a party that says, okay, it's not perfect, but it's not banning books, and then you got a party that's banning books, things they don't like, don't say gay, you know, people they don't like, you know, defund them. It's literally the party of cancel culture, and they're willing to cancel democracy. There ain't ain't no both sides here, Maya.
1: There absolutely aren't. And unfortunately, what we keep seeing, though, in the media are these opportunities where things are described as if it is both sides. We just had a protest at a elementary school um, where anti-LGBTQ protesters protested a pride celebration, um, and it it was listed as protesters, anti-LGBTQ protesters. And and I thought about that because I was like, you know, back in the 50s and 60s, Were they anti-black protesters? Is protest the word that we want to use when we're talking about protesting the existence of people? And do we need a new language? Um, Hmm. I know you are, you you know, you spend a lot of time. I know you did some comedy stuff as comedians. I'm going to call you a comedian. uh, Obsessed with, (laughs) you did improv. It counts.
2: (laughs) i I Um, dabbled. I had a toe in it.
1: (laughs) So... You understand the power of language to that's right. create a reality, that's right. right? The power of language to create a narrative, a premise. And so when you talk about the uh, majority, when we actually speak up and, and, and create that reality, that that's much more powerful than the noise being created by uh, the right wing. But can you talk about how it, people can more effectively in their, in their day-to-day lives help create this narrative
2: yeah this is the this is what i tell folks uh speaking about language make the decision make the choice to join what i call the multicultural coalition of the avengers or if you read dc comics the justice league and to quote incredibles no capes right everybody and i sincerely believe this god chismet the universe tom cruise whatever you believe in everyone has something some superpower even the skunks got something And you might be listening to me, well, I'm just a parent, I'm just at home. Congratulations, you can literally shape generations based on your behavior and your actions. Kindness is a superpower. Empathy is a superpower. Awareness is a superpower. But in our respective spaces, we all got something. And then I ask you or invite you to make the choice. And these are three things I think everyone can do. Do you choose to be aware of what's happening in your home in your local community? Do you choose to be intentional and do you choose to act? The opposite of awareness is ignorance. The opposite of intentionality is heedlessness. And the opposite of action is inaction, right? And if you do make those choices, and this is a choice, folks, then I expect you and I hope that in your best way possible, in your home, at your school board, at your work, you can be in your daily actions you want this country to become. Whatever privilege you might have, whether it's gender, your sexuality, your voice, uh, your ethnicity, you can speak up. You can be an ally. You can raise your hand. You can uplift the person next to you, right? You can literally, the language that you use. If someone says something uh, bad, then you say, hey, 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 don't use gay to mean lame. I know we used to say that back in the day, but it's harmful. Just that. You're like, oh, okay, cool. Thanks, man. Thanks for reminding me. I'm telling you, the way we model our behavior can literally a change and affect generate. I got three kids. I'm telling you, they're a sponge. They absorb everything, right? And so the way you are in your home in your workplace, at school. And I, I'm, I'm, you might be thinking, well, John, you're not thinking big. I'm thinking very big because I know people are overwhelmed. They're tapped out. There's climate change. There's the pandemic. There's disinformation, the rise of fascism. It's very easy to tap out. But cynicism and apathy, although very comfortable and convenient, are also cheap and lazy. It means that you have chosen to be a spectator. You yell out booze from the cheap seats. I understand what I'm asking you to do is asking you to be a participant. You might get a bloody nose, but at least you're in the ring pushing the ball forward. And if you think it doesn't affect you and bring things full circle, and even if you don't have kids like I do, I got kids, Maya's got kids, there's someone out there you love, a kid, a niece, a nephew. And if you're thinking, eh, this doesn't affect me, I'm just going to get paid and get laid and I'm going to die, I don't care. Our actions will echo for generations. Do you want that kid, that grandkid, that niece, that nephew, that son of yours to grow up in an America where before they open their mouth based on their gender, their zip code, their skin color, or their ethnicity, or their sexuality, they will be bullied, targeted, and mocked simply because of the way they look? Or do you want to create a country where they too can dream of having a chance to be a hero of the story? And based on our actions, that will dictate that fate. So I hope I've made the case, and I hope I've given you some hope, and I hope you join us. i, I Who am I? I am nobody. Uh, I'm a uh, I'm a middle aged dad with dad bod who once in a while can write and tweet. So I do what I can, but I got three kids, man. And the last thing I'm gonna tell those kids is, you'll be a good victim, suffer well. I was really tired, so I just gave up and watched Netflix. Can't do that. <laughs>
1: Well said, well said. And I think it will be well received because at the end of the day, it is about personal accountability. And I think that's across the political spectrum. Something that should resonate with everyone is, hey, don't you want to be accountable for your own behavior? And don't you want your children to live in a world where they can uh, act and be as who they are Mm. and show up as who they are? And that takes work. We can't have a democracy without work. America is a startup. <laughs> and so if people want to be on the sidelines of that startup. It's like, no, it's like you can't always be at the ping pong table. Someone's got to do the actual work. And so I am so grateful that you are here to have this conversation. Watch out because. These are words that people need to hear and it needs to be heard over and over and over again. So I'm just glad we were able to have this woke takeover of the enemies list because it needed to happen.
2: Uh, I just want to know for the producer, Andrew, uh, please uh, put some holes in the closet so Rick can breathe uh, and I'll I'll send them his favorite candy. Uh, We will let him out in 25 days.
1: Maybe. We're going to see how it goes. This feels pretty comfortable, to be honest. Uh, I I, I wanted to talk to his people for some time, so now we are. So,
2: Best of luck to you, Maya, and your kid, and everyone who's listening. Have hope. Uh, Stay healthy, stay safe. Uh, Try to find some joy in your life, uh, and try to do something that helps push the ball forward. And the last thing I'll say is, you know, it's easy to tap out, but I'll say this. Uh, We only have one life. You know, when we were growing up, Maya and I were growing up, we are ever certain age. They used to say... There are only two things guaranteed in life, death and taxes. Rich people took away taxes. So the only thing that's guaranteed in life is death. And so my invitation is, yeah, you can just live your life, but you can also be be more. And you can also do more. So let's use this moment. Every generation has a challenge. This is our challenge. Do we fight fascism or do we lay down and die? I don't, I'm not one to lay down and die. I, I want to go down swinging, but I think inshallah we'll win. I think we can win together. So that's my case.
1: Case closed. Waja Ali, thank you so much for joining the enemies list. (laughs) If you like what you heard, which I know that you uh, definitely did, you're going to want to check out his book, Go Back to Where You Came From and the podcast, Democracy-ish. This is Maya May, guest hosting for Rick Wilson, and I have so many enemies that I want to call out on the enemies list, but I have to uh, dedicate my next few minutes to one Nikki Haley. I don't know why she thought it would be a good idea to continue to boldly attack trans kids, but decided to do it in such a way that not only put their lives in danger, but also emboldened more people who may be a bit more moderate and who be, be looking for a candidate who is more moderate than a, a Trump or a DeSantis, um, but emboldened them to say that, yes, this is the platform issue that we are going to elevate uh, during the 2024 election campaign. I think it's incredibly irresponsible for somebody coming from a marginalized group to go ahead and other another marginalized group for a political game. It's it's dangerous. It's wanton. And it in a lot of times when I, you know, when Nikki Haley announced it to me, it was a bit of a I don't want to say a joke because I knew I was like, okay, this is this this is real. We're gonna have to take her seriously, even though she is not going to have but a fraction of the vote in the Republican primary. So there's it's highly unlikely that she's going to be the GOP nominee. But what is most dangerous to me about uh, Nikki Haley, why she's on my enemies list is because she gives Republicans the opportunity to say we're not bigots. We're not bigots because we support Nikki Haley. And that to me is a very, very, very vile way to leverage a person of color uh, within a party, Um, the Tim Scotts of the world as well. And so for me, for her to willingly take part in that, to know in a certain way that she wouldn't actually be where she is if she weren't. A woman of color but then to then turn on other people to me is the lowest of the low and so she's she's on she's on my enemies list forever and always and hopefully though once this uh 2024 campaign is over we won't have to hear much from her ever again and as one rick wilson would say nikki haley you are on the enemies list get your shit together and go